Kirk Cousins' stats are, and I have to find these f***ing things again. I had them, and I, then I lost where I was on the page, and I was frantically looking around trying to buy f***ing time. Kirk, where are you, buddy? <laughs> I had them, I Kirk saw Kirk Cousins them. is the Washington Redskins quarterback. Uh, think about that while Steve finds his stats. Oh, I'll tell you, if Vince Lombardi was here, do you know what he'd say to me? He'd say... watch film but i'd be honest i mean when i first started watching film i was just watching the game Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And of me old buddy, me old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL in the studio, as usual, of a Friday. Ryan, how are you, sir? Uh, much better. Glad to be looking forwards now rather than looking backwards. Uh, that was a painful podcast, the last one to talk about it. So uh, let's look forward and let's find the positives. It's rough. It was like an intervention, wasn't it? Wind coming up there. We'll see. We have some stat. We have some static. But before we get there, oh, we've got to discuss it. Yeah, we do. That's that's what the podcast is about. <laughs> How many beers have you had already? Jesus! I thought we could just come on tonight. Go. Uh, so, what do you reckon? I'll go. We're going to win, and then we go. Okay, and thanks for joining us. See you next week. Yeah. See it. Peace. Doesn't work. That. Drop the mic. I'm drinking tonight, by the way, Stara Praman. But of course, all other good and bad beers are available too. Yeah. Um, but do you drink every night, or do you just need drink for the podcast? Just for the podcast, mate, it just helps me tune into that Irish accent, you see. I think you have to be a little bit drunk to understand it. Jesus, everyone listening to the podcast, we get a good few thousand downloads, so everyone must be slightly mad. <laughs> <laughs> I think here. to be a Packers fan at the minute, it helps if you drink it. Yeah, it does. It that way. It does. But look, the Packers have done something pretty unpacker-like and went out and got themselves a running back with a lady's first name. A running back? What's one of them, then? It's one of the dudes, you know where we line up and we have five guys running down the field, really uh, busy isolation routes, but they never get the ball. A running back mm-hmm. is a guy who gets the ball handed off and tries to run instead. Oh, that's new, yeah. That's a new mm-hmm. idea. It's weird. it's weird. So go on, who do we get? We got a guy called Christine Michael, and I already know he's tough, Ryan. Do you know how I know he's tough? Go on. Because he's a lady's first name. If your mom or dad <laughs> gives you a lady's first name and you've got to grow up as a dude with that name. If I was called, uh, I don't know, you know, King Beth- Chancellor. Bethany O'Brien or you know Mary well then you know I'm gonna get the lard kicked out of me I'm gonna get the knackers kicked off me in the playground so you better believe I'm gonna be a tough dude yeah and he's to be fair what we've seen from him so far this year on the Seahawks is, is pretty impressive yeah um you know he's already got a number of touchdowns some good yardage uh it's it's certainly intriguing isn't it? it's quite exciting for Ted Thompson to pick this one up yeah, um, and not to put a downer on it, but let's go through his stats and let's have an elegander about him. The dude's five foot ten, so again, you know, he's not a colossal giant. Uh, Two hundred twenty pounds is a small sort of squat dude at a Texas A and M back in the day. Um, and yeah, as you said, first nine games for the Seahawks, he racked up four hundred and sixty nine yards, one hundred and seventeen carries, and a total of six touchdowns. So this guy is averaging four yards a carry, which is all right. Um, Aaron Rodgers is averaging more. And did you know Aaron Rodgers is the only active Packer, obviously before Christine Michael came along, to have a rushing touchdown for the Packers this season? I saw that, yeah. It's um, some pretty good uh, 226 yards and three touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so, yeah, not bad. Yeah, so I don't know. What do you think, Rhino? I mean, do you think this guy can make a, an instant impact? Will we be using him for an instant impact? Is it um, a desperate move for Ted Thompson? There's three questions for you. Right. One, it's not a desperate move. One, it's the move we all wanted him to make. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we tweeted out about 
you know, Christine Michael, go get him. You know, once we realised he was being put on waivers, we were like, right, let's go get him. Mm. I'll be honest, at that point, that's where my interest had ended it because I thought, well, it's not going to happen. We're not going to go out and get it. We'll, we'll stick with what we got and so on. But no, went out and got him. And it turns out that it's only us and the Vikings that put a claim in on him. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we had a better uh, waiver wire position than the Vikings. And so he's now a Green Bay Packer. And do you know why that was? <laughs> Because we had a lower record, we were lower uh, win records in the league. Yeah, this season. Well, yeah, unfortunately, but that's that's one another one of the good things in the NFL again is it does help the teams out that are, you know, struggling. Does give them the chance to improve, just like just same as the draft. So it's quite nice it worked out that way this time. Um, now there's a couple of things to think about. Seattle, uh, even with Marshawn Lynch, um, and going, you know, sort of back before they even picked up Marshawn Lynch, they they've generally had a good run game mm. in Seattle and they've used it quite heavily. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's always been part of their DNA at that franchise. So he comes from a, he comes from a team where he's going to have been used a lot and they're going to have a lot of plays focused around the running back. And then he's also coming to green Bay where there's a West coast offense where he hasn't really seen too much of. Yeah. So he's on a short week anyway. So will we see much of him this week? I would imagine it was much like when Nile Davis first turned up, you know, he, he came, by the time he got to Green Bay that week, it was late in the week, would have had limited time with the team. There's possibly going to be limited time uh, on the field in terms of snaps. Um, now, I think he's a better back than Niall Davis, without doubt. Um, I think he's got a real chance to stick around. Whether we see much of him this weekend, I, I don't know. I know that I've seen some talk about McCarthy and the team maybe putting in some new packages to get him involved right away and get him involved this this uh, Sunday night, but we'll have to see on this one. I think it's a positive move, though. It's certainly one the fans wanted, and it might get the fans off the, uh, the front offices back for a little while. Yeah, it's a good move. It's certainly a positive move. If there was a top uh, cornerback or top running back that was out there to be had, uh, go out and get him. But here's a conspiracy theory for you that I've just thought. I wonder if... Because we got Niall Davis, so... All right, let me roll it back a bit. Okay, let me gather me thoughts here. He was drafted in the second round in 2013. He was actually sandwiched between Eddie Lacy and Niall Davis. So you'd sort of wonder then, you know, would Niall Davis have been a good prospect had we stuck with him for a bit longer? Did we drop him? Why did we drop him? You know, I'd love to know the background to that. And I wonder, because the running back issue in Minnesota is well known. Uh, That's where they struggle. Their offense has struggled mightily over the last, well, since the since the game against the Packers, really, um, they're offensive. I think they were thirty second in the league on offense, and uh, they were atrocious. Actually, I think they still might be. So, I wonder did the Packers know that the Vikes might be going for this dude and put in the waiver wire to get him? A as kind of yeah to keep people off. It was kind of like a triple whammy to keep people off their backs because it shows like they're going out to do something. B because James Starks likes to run side to side instead of you know down the field and they're struggling, and Eddie Lace is on IOR, and, you know, Don Jackson wasn't cutting it, all the rest. But also, is a major part of that, that they did not want their main rival, who arguably maybe it isn't now, maybe it's the Lions, would get a running back that's very serviceable, and that could help their offense. I wonder, is it a bit of all of these, and it just masks perfectly that we need a running back, and that's why we did yeah. it. I think absolutely the Packers would have been aware that the Vikings are also looking for some running back help. Um, but I think in, in, in this one, they've solely looked after their own interests. We need a running back. We certainly need some depth at that position. And when a player like, let's say, 
Christine Michael, he's done well so far. He had a bit of game time last year, um, limited, but he's generally looked very good. So for, for whatever reason, the Seahawks released him, or, or sorry, put him onto waivers. Mm. Um, now Thomas Rawls has returned, and they've obviously got a good stable of running backs there. We don't, or we've got a good stable, but they're all, they're all injured, they're all in and out. So I think the Packers... Yes, okay, it's, it's a bonus that it stopped the Vikings from getting him, but I think they, they, they did it because they're thinking this guy could be the real deal. Yeah, no, there's no doubt that he's a good player. Um, but one thing, and the only reason why I kind of question um, all of the background to it all is because this guy is known for his off-field issues. Um, and I heard that being bantied around, and I was like, what are they talking about? So I had to go and look into what his off-field issues were. So apparently when he was in college, he was known for being lazy, uh, having that kind of bad attitude, not really caring. But the thing that kind of uh, got me with reading about him was, is that apparently his blocking and his catching ability weren't the best. And they kind of put it in this article that I read that he wasn't good at blocking or catching, and he also, even more importantly, wasn't that arsed about getting better at blocking or catching. Which is an issue, Ryan, right? Especially for us now, because I see a few issues here. One is that our O-line is now, again, decimated, even though it was one of the healthier groups this year for us. And now it's got decimated with Bakhtiari and Lang getting injured. And again, the jury's still out as to whether they'll play. Lang looks more serious. Bakhtiari's rumoured to be playing. Um, So it looks like we're going to have Don Barkley in there. So, I mean, from a running back perspective, he's going to have the issue where uh, he might not have the running lanes open for him. They certainly weren't great after Josh Sitton left and I think an awful lot of question does have to be put on the Packers whether we're not getting good production from our running backs uh, because we can't break open the running lanes because if you look at a team like Kansas City they've always had kind of no-name running backs I know that they've had Jamal Charles but they've also had other no-name running backs that have done really well there and they say it's because they can break open the running lanes for them so the Packers haven't had that type of production we needed a guy like Eddie Lacy who would get yards after contact so you bring him into contact and he just drags you and 10 of your mates for an extra five yards so I'm sort of thinking you know will he have the production with us because we've got a decimated O-line and on top of that if we do have a decimated O-line he's going to be put in for plays of play action where he's going to have to make those blocks and if he's not arsed Ryan that's a concern for A-Rod especially since the Packers have passed on 71% of their plays this season it's the highest in the Aaron Rodgers era so Mike McCarthy even came out and said yes I'd love to run the ball but I would also like to throw 55 uh, passes in a game so it still will probably be pass intensive because maybe we can't break open lanes and maybe we can play off the play action but will that work Ryan if he can't block properly and also we can't use him as a safety valve in the flat because he can't catch uh, allegedly yeah I mean with this one obviously we've, we've passed a lot out of necessity haven't we um, because we haven't had anyone to run we've got James Starks out of the backfield that could be in there for the plays where we do want to pass mm. Um James Starks is okay at blocking. Ripkowski's obviously in there to to be a blocker, and it might be that you see, um, it might it might just be that when we put in Christine Michael, that Ripkowski is in on those plays as well, um, and he's there for the extra extra insurance. But w- with Christine Michael, we need to see him in our system and the way our system works. Now, this guy. If he does have a lazy attitude, if he does have uh, a poorer attitude towards working on the particular parts of his game, he's just been put on waivers by the Seattle Seahawks. If that doesn't serve as a bit of a kick up the butt to sort of get himself going and get himself right and working hard, then 
nothing will. So he's with us on kind of a low risk, high reward type type uh, you know deal from from our side. Um, and either he'll come in and he could be on the Green Bay Packers for the next few years, or he comes in and we use him for a little while, and then we do exactly the same with him and get rid. So it's up to him now, isn't it? He's the only one that can pave his future. Um, he'll have to come in and work on those areas of the games. Um, but having said that, he did very nicely with the Seahawks. So I don't know. Sometimes with these articles, yeah, it's, everybody can go back and look at college, but there's a lot of a lot of stuff in college. One, you're looking at maturity. This guy's probably four or five, six years younger then than he is now. I don't particularly know his age, so you know maybe not six years. But twenty six, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so okay. So you you see what I'm saying? So that's a, that's a long time ago at college to still be talking about his traits from back then. People do grow up. People do deserve second chances. Um, and I I think let's look at the positives. Let's look at what he did with the Seahawks. You know, I've got down here 469 yards and six touchdowns. Um, you know, on a team as well where the quarterback tends to scramble just like A Rod does. You know, so not not all the running plays are, are solely there for him. Um, there were still other running backs on that team when he was playing that were sharing some of the snaps. So I'm going to be positive about this guy, and I absolutely buy what you're saying. And I know some people might say, well, what's the saying? Is it uh, a leopard never changes its spots? Or something? Is that yeah, it? Yeah. Or have I got that totally wrong? No, we got with yeah. that, yeah. Okay, so something like that, right? But actually... You know, it's not a wildlife podcast. Is it a cheater never changes its stuff? Oh, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> it's, it's very sure. See, I'm no good at these, you see. Like, I'm, I'm like the kind of guy that says, does the bear shit in the woods? Rather than saying, does the bear shit in the woods, I'll ask you if, if the bear's Catholic. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm just never very good at these. Right, we need to, we need to move on. We've brought, we've brought the bears and religion into it. I mean, people, the atheists out there and the Packer fans who don't like bears are going to start itching. <laughs> But yeah, look. But you know what I'm saying. It's time to it's time to just look at the positives here, and I think this is a really good pickup for the Packers. Yeah, but look, this is what we do on our podcast. We like to do a bit of devil's advocate. We like to give people the whole info, and that's the kind of the background too. But look, me personally, yeah, I think this is going to work. I think that once he gets his feet under him, he's going to do really, really well. Uh, he's shown pedigree from the very start. So in college, he was an excellent player. He went to the combine, and his his value dropped in the combine because he overslept in two team meetings. Now, he blamed cold medicine and said that was the problem, but then other people were saying, you know, he's kind of lazy or whatever. But and now I know you said a, a leopard never changes its religion, right? And the bishop never sat down <laughs> on his chair. But if we want to go back and look at his uh, combine stats here, uh, they're amazing. He vertical jump, he was first. Cone drill, first. 20-yard shuttle, first. Uh, broad jump, he was second. 60-yard shuttle, he was sixth. Um... Uh, bench press he did 27 reps he was fourth this is a strong dude uh he's a freakish athlete and he showed it with the seahawks that he stepped in and took over after marshawn left look he did a great job um and i think we can you know stop talking about the whole uh, attitude issues because we've seen people turn it around before and if he needs any motivation as you said it's going to be being dropped but also because we play the seahawks in week 14 so if he wants to stick it to his old team which he might want to do because they're after put them on the waiver wire they're after making people bring up his attitude issues and off the field and he's probably thinking jesus like can we get over that now um look i've accomplished what i've done on the field it's like somebody who gets a degree that they're not too proud of but they move on and get an amazing job and someone's gonna go back and go okay yeah you're the ceo of starbucks but remember that time in college you failed that sort of class on but just jesus dude get over it i've proved myself since then so that's entirely correct which brings us now i think to the redskins game Ryan, there's a lot of um, 
there's a lot of things to study with this game. There's a lot of key matchups to look at. I know that we can sort of pull out broad statements. We'll go, we're going to win the game. But what are you focusing on for this Redskins matchup? Uh, I think the biggest one here is essentially their receiving core. And I mean, the three WRs, Jamison Crowder, Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that's a nice three. But then also add into that the two tight ends in Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis and then match them up against our secondary at the moment. And that is going to be the that's going to be the battle. Um, in terms of, though, you match up their three t- top receivers or, you know, if you, if you look at in terms of pure touchdowns, you've got Crowder on five, Jordan Reed's got three and Vernon Davis two. Our top receiving guys in terms of touchdowns, you've got Jordy eight, Adam six and Cobb three. So we could potentially outgun their offense. Um, our secondary, unless there's been some serious improvements and, and whilst we went out and got a running back this week, I know we worked out a couple of cornerbacks but haven't seen any signings. Um, so I don't think there's any changes there. Yeah. This is going to come down to, I think, again, it's going to be pure shootout, a bit like the Atlanta game. Who's going to score the most points? Because I, I don't know. I can't see us stopping their receiving game. Um, their their running game is it's good enough to back up the passing game, but it's more about what they can do in the air. And it's going to be who wins out of Rodgers and Cousins, who's going to have the biggest gun. It certainly will be. And Rodgers is down as the better quarterback. And now I know people are going to, uh, obviously, because it's Aaron Rodgers. No, but look, he, with all of these, this talk about him struggling and all that, PFF have A-Rod at 14, Kirk Cousins at 20. So let's take a look at those wide receivers. So Pierre Garçon is kind of the marquee wide receiver for the Redskins. PFF have him coming in at a rank at 30. He's the 30th best or worst wide receiver, depending on how you want to think about it. Uh, Jameson Crowder, he had massive uh, game last week. And he's ranked 36, just slightly behind Garcon. And then Deshaun Jackson, again, who's kind of a household name now uh, for what he's able to do. He comes in 63rd. So sometimes these guys, like what we've talked about, Clay Matthews is 115th in his position. So some of these guys have a name like Clay Matthews. But then when you look at his stats, and of course, some people don't believe in PFF, whatever, um, and they fall right down. So Deshaun Jackson, who's made a name for himself as 63rd, um, it's going to be interesting for our wideouts solely because they're going to do an awful lot better than they deserve, I think, because we've such a depleted secondary. Um, so I really think this game comes down to Kirk Cousins. Can he find the guys in space? It'll come down to the running back as well. But there's some key matchups here as well between, you know, running backs and how we do against running backs. We're still the number one run defense in the league. Um, Jake Ryan in particular now whether he'll be playing or not who knows he's has 54 tackles against the run Blake Martinez has been a revelation he's got 58 tackles they're still the best in the NFL as I said they allow 85 yards a game which is an NFL low and also they only allow 3.6 yards per carry which kind of strikes me that you go 3.6 yards that's not that much but then you look at Christine Michael and he averages 4 yards a carry so it's not that far off um, that but as well as that Ryan it comes down to momentum sometimes at these games right because the Redskins they've won four of their last five the Packers have lost four of their last five so the Packers seem primed for a win and like we said on the last podcast that the Packers tend to make us all despair and then come back and blow the socks off somebody and make you go all right yeah maybe shouldn't have talked trash uh, about the Packers that they always have that comeback ability uh, Kirk Cousins as well is on a hot streak so Kirk Cousins stats are 720 yards and four touchdowns in his last two games that's absolutely colossal here but speaking of this game Rhino we we went out to the Twitterverse didn't we and we asked for questions and I think the questions almost lead us to those topics that we really need to talk about I mean talking about the run defense uh, talking about the tight ends that we're going to face and there, there's some pretty good ones came in 
Yeah, there is. Um, we'll start with that one, actually. You mentioned they're the two tight ends, Kyle Cortex uh, on Twitter. I don't know if that's just a Twitter name or a, or a really cool surname, but uh, either way, <laughs> he asks, um, Reed and Davis against our secondary, uh, how are we going to deal with that? Is there anything we can do to change what we've been doing, essentially? Uh, no, I don't think we can. Now, really, okay, that's unfair. That's <laughs> Sorry. I know Kyle's a long-time listener as, as well. Uh, cheers yeah. for listening, He's, Kyle. Uh, and I think feedback. he's looking for a bit more than you just saying no. Yeah, no, I tell you, I'll break it down for you, right? So I think our safeties and cornerbacks had potentially some of the worst games that they've had. Some of them in their whole career. Clinton Dix had an absolutely shocking game uh, last week. And Hyde also had an unbelievably bad game where he was diving on lads and falling off. There was men against boys stuff. I do think we're going to struggle against these tight ends. Uh, now Delaney Walker we made him look like Gronk on steroids and we're not going to get it easy uh, between Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed so Delaney Walker last week had nine catches 124 yards and one touchdown we could also get burned again but I do think that we should and if they're they're waiting salt if not they should be sacked immediately after the game and handed their P45 in the way to their car the coaches because Vernon Davis has forced nine missed tackles this season. That's the most for any tight end in the league. He's tied there. He comes in first. Jordan Reed is third with the most forced missed tackles with eight. So these guys are dynamic. And you've got a guy in Davis who pretty much failed at the end. What people thought was the end of his career in San Fran. He got dumped off to the Broncos and then benched. And now he's had this resurgence uh, with the Redskins. And you'll find that with a quarterback who's not that accurate downfield, uh, which Kirk Cousins isn't. What he'll end up doing is, is he'll either dump off and be run intensive, which is what they do, or he'll go off to his tight ends. And Jordan Reed hasn't, again, Jordan Reed's one of these guys who is an incredible player, but hasn't really had that breakout yet this season. And fantasy owners out there are disappointed, but he might be fit to have a breakout in this game. And that's, where we'll get killed in this game if we are to get killed because I think on the run defence we have it Ryan what do you think but the tight ends uh, is where we're going to get bet yeah I think I'm happy against us in this game like I said against the running backs I don't watch that one bite me in the ass. but I think we're okay there it is our secondary and it's certainly against tight ends we have have just as you've said already you know we we have been too soft on there and it's going to take a serious change I think to uh to change that by this week after last week's show but um i think i just should say for the for the listeners as well there we have absolutely no evidence that gronkowski was on any sorts of steroids um obviously (laughs) roger goodell if you're listening um i'm sure he'll find him now anyway oh we know (laughs) rogers we know rog listen so rog how's it going rog how are you doing rog you all right mate uh but no Uh, you know the phrase on steroids it's like something on steroids that's all i'm saying it's all we've already established I'm, I'm, I'm rubbish at phrases <laughs> <laughs> well there, there's a new one for you I just thought we should probably put a disclaimer in there and just so you know you know so we don't have Gronk because you know I don't want Gronk here again he'll be he'll be texting us after the show yeah he's quite a big lad really it's alright he'll be injured as soon as he flew over so it'll be alright yeah and even when he's texting sometimes he damages his thumb you know he sort of gets injured so <laughs> okay so the next one one of the uh, I would have to say one of the greatest Jaeger bomb drinkers of all time Fact. Matt Tisdale, you know who you are. Um, he <laughs> asked about Nick Perry on our defence. And Nick Perry obviously started off with quite a bang this year, was looking like Nick Perry finally found his feet in the uh, NFL. Um, I'm not ready to give up on that yet. I think he's still having a good season overall. But certainly in the last few games, we've seen a bit of a drop-off for him. Have you got 
any explanation for that, or or do you think he has dropped off? Is he are we wrong there? Yeah, well, look. I, yeah I, okay I, I think he has dropped off a bit but you know I don't even think it's dropped off we've came up against some absolutely elite uh, running backs which has kind of scorched him a bit and I think that's where he's maybe looked bad but if you look behind the stats here Nick Perry has recorded 18 run stops so far this season that's the most for any 3-4 outside linebacker so he's still doing a great job and it's still a statement year for him and I think this is going to be a bounce back game for him and he's going to get tested a lot because Rob Kelly who's the new starting running back uh, now for the Skins has over 20 carries in the last two games so I mean Nick Perry's going to be important in this game and I think this is the game that he makes his bounce back now Rob Kelly is a dangerous dude so this guy's got 87 and 97 yards in his last two games as well so they try to use him a lot and if Nick Perry makes a stand which he should do because he is the best in that position out of the 3-4 scheme um, I think we'll see a resurgence to him look we're not up against Ezekiel Elliott here so I don't think that we're going to see them get scorched and DeMarco Murray again has been a revelation uh, for the Titans and they were trying all this exotic stuff so look um he has dropped but whether you can call it dropped or just been up against better opposition and he'll be able to apply his trade now against the Redskins and we'll be able to contain them because he didn't do a whole lot in the playoff game uh, last year when we waxed them 35-18 so I expect some similar performance as well but here's something that um I want to ask you, Ryan, just speaking of questions that come in. Uh, we have a... Look, this this dude is the funnest dude ever, Tom Coles, right? I'd met him for the first time when we had that Packers party. And this guy doesn't drink pints. He drinks pitchers. He was standing there with the pitcher, which is handy <laughs> because it has the thing, and a uh, drinker from the pitcher. This has been now his second shout-out in two weeks, and both weeks refer- we've referred to his drinking habits. He's, he's going to love us. Oh, well, he, he's a self-professed party boy. I mean, this dude knows how to, how to down a few drinks and, and hold them as you well. You can't have a Packers party without Tom Coles now. No. That's just that's just end of. It's if compulsory. he's not coming, it's cancelled. There's only yeah. two people, and this is how important Tom Coles is now, is that we need two people at every Packers meetup. One is Tom Coles, and two is Gabrielle Valdez there. She was the VP that came over and told some amazing behind-the-scenes stories. So, uh, Tom and Gabrielle, you are a lifetime member of the UK Packers. But Tom raised an important point, Ryan, that I want to pick your brain on here. Uh, Tom said on Twitter... Uh, he's interested in her thoughts. Does a playoff run hurt this team more in the long run than missing the playoffs for the season? You know, with draft positioning, with the coaches likely to stay if we have a playoff run. Uh, he says that he wants them to make the playoffs. Of course he does. But is the missing the playoffs potentially an opportunity to regroup and rebuild and get stuff into perspective? Um, okay, I see where he's coming from. And it, it instantly springs to mind is the suck for luck campaign by the uh, Indianapolis Colts a few years back where, I mean, they were a terrible, terrible team that year. Um and many suggested that essentially they were, by the end of it, essentially the team had pretty much given up and were trying to get that number one draft pick. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, and I know we're not talking about the Colts, but just to give you my opinion on that situation, I don't think any team would ever give up um, on it because at the time I thought, do you know what, there's a hell of a lot of players on that team that hadn't played well all season. Why would they give up and risk their jobs by the end of the year? We know that it's the, you know, people call the NFL the not-for-long league. Um you know, pe- people aren't just going to give up that chance of playing in it by just, just giving up for the year. Um, fast forward that to us now with the Green Bay Packers, and I think as a, there's a similar feeling there from me on that statement. I absolutely get what you're saying. And I think the highest draft pick that we've had for some years now goes right the way back to A.J. Hawk at number five. Um, and we haven't picked up there now for some time. And the reason for that being is because we're a successful football team. Okay, and we can't get away from that. We know things aren't going great at the minute, but we are a successful football team. 
Um, if we didn't make the playoffs this year, yes, we'd have a better draft pick. It is still pot luck as to whether you get a better football player or not. So many good football players in this league went undrafted or went in the second, third and fourth round. And there's just as many, you know, there's no guarantee just because you get a high first round pick that your player is, is a superstar. So in terms of the coaches, I think even if we make the playoffs and we're one and done, or we do a bit of a Tim Tebow win and, and somehow out of nowhere, you know, you get that, that playoff win that nobody expected. Um, you know, you've got to always want to go for the playoffs. And, you, and I can be absolutely sure that the coaches in the, and the players in the locker room will be saying, we're still going for the playoffs. Their goal will still be to win the Super Bowl because what else is your goal? Until it's mathematically impossible to make the playoffs, then the Super Bowl is still your goal. So, Tom, I absolutely get what you're saying. Um I think if we get to the end of the year and it's been poor, then there's still a chance the coaches would go. Um, those decisions should be made on footballing reasons. You've got to remember as well, if you look at the NFC North this year, the three teams, I think at the minute, the the Lions uh, and the Vikes, sorry, they're, they're both five and four. We're four and five. This could be a division. And I hate to say it because I've always loved the NFC North because of its competitiveness. There's a chance the winner of this division could have a losing or an equal record by the end of it. So, you know, I think I think we're we're absolutely still in it, and I think we should be battling for it. Um, I don't know. Have I rambled on long enough? Have I have I made my point clear, or am I completely confused the listeners? Yeah, I just you know I think you've uh, you've made your point, um, but you've drank a bit much, so you know you're you're getting the most. No, but uh, I've I, had one beer. I know, but that's what you get after one beer, you know what I mean? It's because you're so short and small and skinny. (laughs) (laughs) No no one's going to believe that, just listen to his voice. No, look, I have to agree, uh, but look, if you go back and listen to the last podcast, we did wax lyrical about perhaps a coaching change or whatever. Now, I think that if the other teams had gone, if they were up in the sevens, eights, and were out of sight, I reckon that regardless of what happened at the end of the season that we'd have to say perhaps that we need a coaching change. But again, the res- you see, the problem with all of this stuff is the respect is out there for the coaches too. You know, like um, people coming out, like Brian Billick came out on NFL Network and was saying that Mike McCarthy is the best, one of the best coaches, if not the best coaches in the league. Dom Capers is the most decorated and, and best defensive coordinators in the league and in the history of the NFL. And, you know, I don't know if that's true. I, I don't know if Dom Capers can be put into that category um, especially now because I'm just not a fan of the whole zonal defense thing. Um, but look, that's neither here nor there. We'll take a break now. Then this is the first time that we've done this on the podcast. But we just want to let people know that doing the podcast uh, can be an expensive business. You know, we've got to host our audio, we've got to buy buy the equipment, we've got to get guests on, and all the rest of it. So in order to pay the bills, we've went to a quick better sponsorship, and so we've went with uh, ourselves. It's the UK Packers shop. Pause for an ad break. Hello everybody, are you looking for some Packers gear on this side of the pond? Well look no further, just listen to these two chaps having a fictitious conversation. I really could do with some fantastic new Packers gear, where can I possibly go? Tell you what, I've just heard what you've said and I've got an answer for you. I think if you want some pop Packers gear, all you need to do is go to ukpackers.co.uk and hit the shop tab on the top. But hey, don't listen to what I'm talking about, just wait and listen to the science bit. Yes, science has proven that it makes you 75% more attractive to the opposite sex. Or the same sex. All of the sexes. Any type of sex, 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 sex. 
So don't delay, go over to ukpackers.co.uk today. Yep, so uh, sorry about that, lads. It's, uh, it sounds a bit weird. But look, as I said, the podcast is an expensive business, so we couldn't only go with one advertiser. We had to go for a second, so uh, just bear with us. It only lasts about 40 seconds. Here we go. Are you tired of hanging around with Patriots and Seahawks fans? Get yourself over to the Banter Factory and get your banter today. Hello, my name's Dave, and before I went to the Banter Factory, I had zero banter. But now, I have some cool phrases like, Hey, look at Tom, look at the man tits on him, and hey, Arsenal lost last night, you punter. So if that's the banter that you need in your banterless life, become banterific with the Banter Factory. The Banter Factory. Okay, so now that the advertising is done, which is totally 100% real, uh, let's get back to the game. Let's just close out on some of this stuff, Ryan, maybe some key matchups in the game. One thing that stands out for me is on the O-line for the Redskins. The pass rush has been lacking for us um, in the last number of weeks, and everyone's got criticized. And if you look at it for the skins, Trent Williams is out. He's the no- he's the number one in his position. Uh, he's their best pass block and O-lineman, and he's the best in the league per PFF. So he's out because of a substance abuse uh policy um the second one with that is the right tackle morgan moses he's got a sprained ankle now he said that he's going to play which is good for us because if he's injured and he can't get that leverage off that ankle that's going to be great so green bay are 10th in the nfl with 23 sacks um on defense and they sack her cousin six times and forced three fumbles in the playoff game last year so that could be something that we could really focus in on that last matchup that i want to go to is the one that we should have probably opened with that everyone was expecting and that's with a uh, cornerback josh norman he's a funny character this guy he's been paid what 75 million dollars but they can't play him all over the field he's notoriously bad in the slot and they just don't play him there anymore um, so Stefan Diggs last week he got 13 catches for 164 yards so he completely blazed it up and it was brilliant because I had him on my fantasy so that was amazing so they did really well with Stefan Diggs so the Packers have played everyone in the slot this this week so or this week this season uh, they've had Jordy Nelson in there uh, Devontae Adams has played from the slot Randall Cobb famously from the slot but also Geronimo Allison he's a big dude Trevor Davis has played the slot as well so i mean we can use anybody in there we're not scared we don't have one of these one utility uh singular wide receivers um so likely what will happen is is that kendall fuller will be in the slot against jordy or one of our best and he's 75th out of all cornerbacks uh for pff and lastly what i'll say is and i'll throw it back to you rhino is is that jameson crowder is a guy that we need to focus on he has team highs for the Redskins this season with catches at 44, yards at 535 and he's five touchdowns. But more dangerously is his yards after the catch. So he's 261 yards after the catch and I'd say Micah Hyde is going to have to be tasked with stopping this dude and he better step his game up this week or we're going to be punished. Yeah, agreed. Um, just to go back to your first point with the with the O-lineman out, um, I'm going to predict a sack on Washington's opening drive. I'm going to say by who? But we're going to get a sack on the opening drive. Um, your second point, your second matchup there was um, Josh Norman. We'll certainly see how much Aaron Rodgers respects him. Because I think if I'm trying to remember, was it against uh, Sherman when we played Seattle that he just simply didn't throw Sherman's away? Yeah, that's correct. Do you remember that? And it yeah. tied us down, and but he just didn't throw to him, didn't give him the opportunity to be a playmaker. So we'll see how much he respects Josh Norman mm. as to whether he throws at the, the receiver on him. Um, and yeah, Jamison Crowder. 
he's turned out to be a nice player for the skids um not somebody i'll be honest that before this season i'd really heard of hopefully it's because he's a rookie if he's not a rookie it just means i've missed no, him. he's a rookie yeah. um right okay so yeah he's turned out to be a nice player for them um and you're right we have had a habit of giving up to the big receiver on the other team so let's hope we can buck that trend Right, everybody, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Maybe you agree with the opinion, maybe you didn't. Get onto iTunes and give us five stars, if you would, please. And leave us a review, it helps us a lot. Uh, thanks for listening in. But from myself, at NFL on Twitter, follow the group, at UK Packers. And from me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock, NFL is goodbye for this week. Toodaloo, me old chaps. <laughs>